everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test. I'm Maddie. I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk to you about some of the things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we also talk about random pop culture shit we saw during the week. Like, what did we see this week? I don't remember seeing anything this week. (laughs) Well, we watched the finale of Masked Singer, which was kind of boring, I will admit it. Yeah, I knew who that was for a good while. Yeah. And I was also bummed by who won because they definitely were not the most. It's been enough time now. Seriously, seriously, Night Angel wins. Okay, I have no problem with, I don't remember the singer's name. Candy Burris. Candy Burris. I have a problem with her, but God, that was a bad costume. Yeah, it was like... God, there were some parts of it that were really good, but it didn't jive together. It was like they had three different designers come in at different points and try to do this costume. I th- it was the mask. It was just a bad mask. That expression was just upsetting. Yeah, that's the exact expression. <laughs> yeah, it was like, um, it was, the costume was set to make it look a bit like she was about to give a certain type of oral pleasure to a man friend. And not just with her singing. Yes. And, of course, then, that wasn't the highlight, though. What happened after Masked Singer, which we just watched completely by accident. Oh, my God, it was so good. was Ultimate Tag, the stupidest show, and yet it worked? Yeah, every week there's a commercial for it. Every week Austin's saying, we're not watching that. It looks really stupid. I said, yes, we are watching that. It looks really stupid. And I loved it. Like, all of these professional taggers, or whatever they call them, with these crazy American gladiator-style names. Oh my god. And just, it was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was one who, her entire thing is, I am just really tall. She was actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, the Iron Giantess, she's on Instagram. And-, and So, yeah, ultimate tag, awesome. Just it was the right kind of stupid. And as I was sitting on the couch eating potato chips, looking at these physically fit people like chase each other, it's like, wow, parkour is actually cool. I was telling him that if you're like parkour is to middle schools now what breakdancing was to middle schools when we were that age. See, it might have been a big thing at your school. At our school, it was all skateboarding. See, when I was, both middle schools I went to, the boys would try to break dance in order to impress the girls. Yeah, uh, it's, seriously, my school, uh, middle school, it was all about skateboarding. Well, see, neither of my middle schools had the space on which you could skateboard, and, nor, and neither could you do that at the school dances to try to impress the ladies. Oh, yeah, at school dances, obviously, they try to break dance, but no, it was all about the skateboards. I need a haircut so bad, and I love my hairstylist to death, and they are reopening, but I don't I don't want to be the reason someone gets sick. That's what yeah. it boils down to for me. It's not so much about me getting sick. It's if I catch it and don't know it, I don't want to be the reason someone else gets sick. Yeah. So I'm growing a wicked mullet. It's cool. Uh, she's going to be trying out for the hockey team any day now. Actually, I am Canadian. Oh my gosh. I come from a family of hockey players. It's genetic. Actually, yeah, I shaved my beard. I'm the only one in my family who can't ice skate. <laughs> Uh, you've gone roller skating with me. You've seen, oh, the, yeah, you've seen that how bad, bad that gets. And I mean, you've had enough trouble walking this week. I don't think we want to put you on ice skates. Oh, my God. So yesterday we got a couch. We got it in a really safe social distancing way from my grandparents. And I was like, I'm going to go in and make sure that the cats are put away. So I went in, grabbed the first cat I saw, which was Fezzik, who weighs 20-ish pounds. He did that toddler flip that toddlers do when they don't want to get carried. But at the same time, he grabbed on with one claw. And so he's 20 pounds of cat hanging off of me with one claw. So I finally get him released and I go in to look for the other cats. And I end up falling on a piece of cloth that one of the cats had dragged out. 
banging my knee on the floor and my shoulder on the bed. This is all in about two minutes, and I went outside to go complain to Austin, during which time his tailgate had fallen off of his truck. Yeah, that's, I, I can fix it. It's, I don't worry about it. But it was like, I was dragging the couch out, because I was wondering, what's taking you so long? It's like, this couch is light, I can pull it out. So I was pulling the couch couch out the tailgate kind of came off its little thing and fell off and hit me in the knee yeah so we had a we had a day and i got no sleep last night because my arm hurt so bad and then i realized this morning that it wasn't the cut from the cat i'm allergic to band-aid glue yeah whatever type of weird like janky band-aids we had like the glue these are brand name band-aids they had elsa on them they did but they're brand name maybe you're just allergic to frozen i don't in fact want to build a snowman oh my god you are allergic to Frozen. But I don't think... We haven't had a very interesting week for the most part. We're on a three-day weekend. It's Memorial Day. We've been seeing all kinds of stupid shit people are already outside doing. Yep. And of course... I'm uh, expecting a major resurgence after this weekend. Yeah. And I've been back at the library. I'm one of like three people in the building. I'm wearing a mask like all of the time. And it's just been really quiet and boring. So we I have, have been, so I have, many masks now, though. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of people at the library were just sewing masks and dropping them off for our emergency responders. But they've already finished that, and people kept making masks. So now the library has this glut of masks that they've just been giving to all the employees. Yeah, so we bought four early on, and then we got a couple from the library. And it's just so funny because, like, what is it, three months ago we didn't own any? Now we have eight. <laughs> we have eight, yeah. And like, only two. we only have two faces each. That we know of. That we know of. I mean, Voldemort I, could be in the back of his head. We don't know. There's so much mullet happening. <laughs> I was about to say, unless we're counting the faces we have in the freezer. <laughs> we just look, we just took Nicolas Cage and we took his face off. Face. Face off. off. I can't believe that wasn't on either of our least scientifically accurate lists oh, we yeah, read. We, uh, we were looking at this list of least scientifically accurate movies. Some of the favorite ones were The Core, 2012, Armageddon. But Face Off was not on the list, which frankly I think is less scientifically accurate than The Core. Somehow, like, changing face, taking someone's face off makes you shorter. And gives you a completely different bone structure and yeah. a, a voice. And No, they covered the voice. They had a little, like, they had a computer chip taped to their neck. Oh yeah, that seems. Did real. you forget? Did you forget about the computer chips? I haven't chip seen this death? movie in a really long time. We watched it last year. Yeah, I don't remember it. My favorite part that I do remember is when Nicolas Cage, with his shaved head, jumps off of a building into the water, and you can see his hair flowing behind him. Oh no! My favorite part is when Nicolas Cage is dressed as a priest, dancing around the church, hump, dry humping a nun, and talking about how he can eat a peach all day to a teenage girl. I think if they asked us what our favorite part of existence is, we could say the part with Nicolas Cage and be pretty accurate. If aliens come to Earth, it's like originally we were not going to come, but then we saw your Nicolas Cage. He is such an interesting one because sometimes he is legitimately excellent but then the rest of the time he's nicholas cage oh it's you know you can never say that nicholas cage doesn't try hard except for in those movies where he doesn't try at all and when it comes to making wise financial decisions he bought a tyrannosaurus skull and a haunted mansion i don't see any and a pyramid and he has a reserved plot in one of those really exclusive new orleans cemeteries but yeah no he bought the valori mansion not just a haunted mansion, the haunted mansion. It's like Winchester House, then this one. But this one like had way more horrific things happen in it than the, than the Winchester Yeah, mansion. the Winchester House is ultimately just a goofy house with some weird stairs. The Lillery Mansion. I think it's just always, excuse me, 
So it's pronounced LaLaurie, but I'm pretty sure that's like not correct because it would be a French pronunciation. Yeah. The LaLaurie Mansion is horrifying, like torture, murder, It's one of mutilation. the few times that American Horror Story didn't have to exaggerate something. If anything, they understated it. Yeah, what she did to those human beings. And it's also, it makes, it makes me just think back to middle school when one of my teachers said slavery wasn't that bad because not everybody beat their slaves. I'm like, okay, yes, but every single one who didn't beat their slaves is balanced out by what Madame LaLaurie did to hers. Yeah. Just, I, I, would, I wish middle school you knew these things so you could just brought that up. I was a very obedient middle schooler and I was not one to talk back to my teachers. So even if I knew I was right and they were wrong, it was very rare for me to do anything about it. But also there is no disagreement. Madame LaLaurie is one of the worst people in human history. Yep. She's right up there with people who talk in movie theaters and people who spit their gum out on the sidewalk. Oh God. Or the ones who stick their gum under tables. Oh, ugh. Gross. Who goes first this week? I don't know. Who went first last week? I don't know. I don't either. We talked about SETI. Yeah. And we talked about... Shit, what did I talk about last week? I don't remember. You talked about a lot. You got very passionate. Um, I think... Yep. I remember editing it now. I went first last week, so I think it's your turn to go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Man. We are, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting, uh, lots of, uh, cabin fever brain. Yeah, it is. It's getting pretty bad, actually. We're on month nine. It's like, I've spent the last two days completely asleep. But then again, I'm, I don't know. I've got, you, you heard me sneeze earlier, pro- unless you edited it out. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm probably gonna edit that out. And I think my allergies, cause we've been like, it's 86 degrees and sunny today, but two days ago it was 50 and rainy. Like, my allergies are going insane. Well, here we go. My sources, as always, are Wikipedia, history.com, nationsonline.org, worldpopulationreview.com, hdr.undp.org. I forgot to write out what these were. I usually do. And investopedia.com. Okay. All right. So we hear the term third world pretty often. And occasionally we hear the term first world. We never hear second world or fourth world, which yes, is a thing. Fourth world? Mm Mm-hmm. But there's always been just this assumption of knowledge. They assume that you know what these words mean. Even in school, when they kind of talk about first world countries, third world countries, they just assumed that you knew what they meant, right? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, now that I think about that, that was all just context clues. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, first world countries are the rich industrial ones. Third world countries are the poor ones. Yeah, and I remember actually asking, well, what about second world countries? Are there any of those? And they were like, probably. And that was the only answer they had. <laughs> but it's, we tend to just mean it, uh, use it to mean rich countries and poor countries, Right. Right. It's way more complicated than that. In fact, historian B.R. Bomlinson wrote in reference to the third world, although the phrase was widely used, it was never clear whether it was a clear category of analysis or simply a convenient and rather vague label for an imprecise collection of states in the second half of the 20th century and some of the common problems that they faced. So basically it means we use these words and some places use them to mean specific things and some places use them just to mean whatever they want them to mean. So at this point we can put in the Indigo Montoya quote of like, you keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. You keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Thank you. I can always count on you to know Princess Bride quotes. I have the entire movie memorized. It's shocking. Like, I'll ask her about a line or who said what, and she'll just sit there and stare off and mouth stuff quietly. Then she'll come to me with the right answer as though she's rewatching it in her head. Yeah, and I'm not kidding. I have the entire movie memorized. Like, he can tell you I can speak every single line along with it. It's 
freaky. I didn't know I could do that until we went to go see it live. Not live, but um, in a movie theater. And I realized partway through, I, I can say this whole movie, but I didn't. Unlike the fucking seven-year-old that was two rows in front of us. Mom, mom, when is this going to be done? Mom, I'm bored. Mom. Why? Why is your seven-year-old here? Seven-year-olds need shot callers. <laughs> I've said it. You've thought it. And the thing is, I could sit through a movie at seven. I sat through Princess Bride at seven, which is why I have this memorized. But don't take your kid to a special viewing of a non-kids movie, especially if you're going to sit in the towards the back and in the middle. Kids. Anyway, this way of describing countries began during the Cold War. Uh, one of us needs to cover the Cold War at some point. because I don't know what it was. Don't give me that look. I never learned anything past World War One in school. A little bit of World World. When we talked about World War Two, it was only this is why Hitler was bad. We never learned about anything else. And I know the Cold War started after World War Two. So it was not as a way to define places by wealth, but by whose side they were on. The first world consisted of who we in school would have called the good guys. The United States, Western Europe, Japan, and Australia basically NATO. Also, I didn't realize Japan was on our side in the Cold War, but that's yeah, whole... Japan, yeah. After World War II, Japan was on our side, like real big. The, the second world was the USSR and its allies in the Eastern in Eastern Europe, the communist bloc. The third world was literally everywhere else. Any place that didn't align with either side. While those countries were generally higher poverty, not all of them were. They just were like, no, this is on you. We're not doing anything with this. So what you're, I'm hearing about this is Switzerland is a third world country. According to this to this way of uh, viewing it, yes. Wow. Uh, so this was called the third world model, which is not to be confused with the three world theory. Two different things. The three worlds theory was created by Mao Zedong, a.k.a. Chairman Mao who used it to define three politico-economic worlds. Mao's first world was the U.S. and the USSR, (laughs) which I'm sure both sides loved. The second world was Japan, Canada, Europe, and the countries in the North-South Divide. Though that gets really confusing because some of the countries in the first world are part of this. I didn't really understand all that. Then the, his third world was Africa, Latin America, and continental Asia. This was actually incorporated into the new economic or the new international economic order in the 1970s, which was proposed by developing countries to help them with trade, development, and other issues. The idea was that it would move the system more in their favor and would replace the Bretton Woods system, which benefited wealthier countries and especially the United States. Well, I don't see that ever happening. Yeah, so the goal of it basically was to make it so that we had to be nicer to countries with less money. That doesn't seem like the America I know. It was not implemented. Uh, But the Bretton Woods system would later be replaced by the Washington Consensus, which was basically a reform package for developed countries helping that to help developing countries. So early in the Cold War, NATO and the Warsaw Pact were created. NATO was created by the U.S. and the USSR created the Warsaw Pact. These two groups were called the Western Bloc and the Eastern Bloc, respectively, which divided the country into two worlds, but without the ranking system implied by numbering. And that's important. It was these two, it was Eastern Bloc, Western Bloc, not two, one, one, two. There was no hierarchy. But then along comes Alfred Salvi. Alfred Salvi, in 1952, he was a French demographer, which is someone who studies statistics based on demographics. I'm pretty sure demographers are the people who study the demigorgon in Stranger Things. I think it's a dem- demogranalis. 
Demog- I can't think of the word. I give up. Uh, demag- demagogologist? Yes. Okay. Um, he wrote an article t- called Three Worlds, One Planet. He based this on the idea of the three states in pre-revolutionary France, first the nobility, second the clergy, and the third being everyone else. While he didn't actually refer to unaligned countries as the third world, the phrase was coined as a result of his work. And there is this inherent bias. So the first world, the nobility, is the United States and its allies. And that comes with the inherent bias from him being from France. So obviously they have to be first. Well, I mean, France, of course. They have the most cheeses. And then the second world is the USSR. And then the third world is everywhere else. So it, it really does show the sense of bias. So I mentioned fourth world earlier, though. Yeah. What's the... I'm assuming it's like the Underdark or like mole people. Is it mole people? There's mole people? Mole people? It's the Limerians. Oh. In 1975, George Manuel, a, an Aboriginal leader in Canada and chief of the National Indian Brotherhood, which is now called the Assembly of First Nations, felt the three-world model had become outdated. After working with tribal leaders in North America, he founded the World Council of Indigenous Peoples, traveling around the world and working with indigenous groups in other countries. So this made him realize that the indigenous world had been forgotten in the creation of the three-world model. Oh my God, it had. I went to mole people first. <laughs> yeah. So it, it had been forgotten in this world model and in Austin's brain. Wow. I mean, my brain forgets lots of things. So he developed the f- idea of the fourth world in his book, The Fourth World and Indian Reality. He defined it as groups of indigenous people who did not compose states or countries in the traditional sense, but rather live across boundaries. And the idea was later expanded to include nomadic groups and subpopulations living in a first world country, but with the standards of living of a third world country. That is, people who live in the United States, for instance, but live in high poverty areas with low access to resources. They are considered fourth world in this model. So when we hear about people talking about where they live in this country, like in the United States, being like living in a third world country, they are actually saying we live in a fourth world country. Okay. They are the people that the first world country would rather ignore and forget is there. Gotcha. It's like I get into that in a little bit more okay. detail later. While the three world model has changed, its legacy lingers. So it's though it's largely taboo to use these three phrases now. First world, second world, third world, and then fourth world has been obsolete for a while. World Population Review says, quote, Today, first world countries are considered to be developed countries. Second world countries are the term used to describe former communist countries that aren't quite in poverty, but aren't prosperous either. Third world countries are considered to be the developing and least developed countries of the world. They argue that rather than using developmental indicators, we should use the Human Development Index or HDI to determine where things belong. So rather than just looking at this is how much money this country has, we should look at life expectancy, education, and per capita income, the Human Development Index or HDI. They are ranked from zero to one, and that puts them into four categories, low, medium, high, and very high human development. However, even these are not perfect indicators because we still have biases. For instance, Slovenia has a very high HDI, but is someone still sometimes still called second world because of its relationship to the USSR. Huh. Nowadays, first world tends to mean capitalist, industrialized, highly developed countries, usually those who were allies with NATO in the US, but they do also have high HDIs. The highest rated countries in terms of HDI are Norway, 
Switzerland, yep. mm-hmm. and Australia. Yes! The United States ranks 12th. Not surprised. The lowest rank first world country. Because actually when I told you I was doing this one, and I mentioned second world countries, you asked about, you said like Turkey. Turkey is actually the lowest ranked first world country. Okay. So you were close. I was close. Second world is largely unused today. And if you were to hear it used, it would likely be referring to countries that exist somewhere between, for instance, a country that was largely, largely, uh, largely agricultural and impoverished but has begun to enter the modern world through some means or another, like new tourism, we need to update, stuff like that. Yep. World Population Review ports, reports in 2020 that today's second world countries include countries like Russia and most of its USSR buddies. That's pretty much who's in there. Weirdly, Germany appears on both the first and second world countries lists, despite having a very high HDI. Now, admittedly, this could be a typo type thing where they accidentally put it on both lists. I wonder if they left in like East Germany and West Germany and have just been too lazy to but fix it. But it could also be because East Germany was a West, was an Eastern flat country. So it, it does just say Germany. But we still get a little mad at Germany for being, you know, split into those two areas, which like modern Germans, they're not the ones who did that. Yeah. I, that's actually another good topic we could do is just the East and West Germany, because it's like now, like, you know, many years after the fact, like I think 30, things are more or less back to normal, but there's still some weird differences you can still like come across. Oh, it's more than 30. Who told it was Kennedy who said tear down that wall, wasn't it? Yeah, but they tore down the wall, I think in 89 or 90. I don't know. Third world, while it was originally everyone else, everyone who was not USSR allies or our allies, has basically just come to mean poor and underdeveloped. We still use it a lot when we're talking about most of Africa, large parts of Asia, Latin and South America. In a more official sense, it means any place that has high poverty, high infant and child mortality, and low development in their economies and education, and that they are vulnerable to be to being exploited, not just by other countries, but by private companies. Oh, like all of those. Oh, yeah. So, okay. I will say China is not a third world country. However, parts of China would be considered fourth world by the original model. So we like to say China stole our jobs. But in fact, we went in, our companies, not our country specifically, but our individual companies like the Trump companies, went in and exploited the more vulnerable parts of China, making them work for pennies on the dollar to create the MAGA hats. Oh, God. You know, the, the one thing I really hate about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl is that there's so many people wearing red hats, and I just have this, like, knee-jerk, like, flinch reaction. It's like, oh, shit, he's wearing a red hat. Is he going to be an asshole, or is he just a sports fan? Oh, good, sports fan. Or, oh, great, asshole. Por que no I mean, they can be both, but I'll give Chiefs fans the benefit of the doubt. Mega hat people, nah, no such no, luck. no. This information I got from that World Population Review website. However, Latin and South America weren't on these lists at all. So while we still call them the third world, I feel like this is showing our prejudices more than anything else. Because I did manage to find the HDI of some of these countries. Mexico's HDI, for instance, would put them in the second world, as would most of Latin and South America. They would be second and not third world, no matter what we like to say. And also, if we're a first world country and Mexico's a quote unquote third world country, why wouldn't we understand why people are wanting to leave? Yeah. So while there are semi-official classifications, there actually aren't official classifications. And the terms are typically still used to simply mean rich or poor, or us and them. We still say Saudi Arabia is a third world country. Um. When in fact they are one of the richest countries in the world. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean there aren't high levels of poverty, but we can say the same thing for the US. I mean, when your police force 
has to have Lamborghinis so you can pull over the rich people driving their supercars way too fast. You're not in a third world country. Yeah, and so that goes back to the us and them version of third world. Yeah. So they aren't poor, they're just not us. They're different. Another issue is that when we assume a country to be at a certain level of the world, we assume that they don't need help. Mm. So I told you I'd get back to the United States and you're going to hear me get angry in a minute. I'm used to it. When we look at the United States, we will see our residents basically claiming we are not only a first world country, we are the first world country. Remember, according to World Population Review, we are 12th. By most standards, Scandinavia has an overall higher satisfaction rating than we do. Canada also beats us on this. I mean, it it should. Mm -hmm. However, we have areas of our country, for instance, the south side of Chicago, that are so poor that if they were their own country, they would be considered third world. When we look at parts of the world that we have deemed third world, there is a certain level of pity that we have for them. We recognize that the country has limited resources or that their government is tyrannical and refusing to give them resources. And most of most tyrannical governments, most dictatorships are considered third world for this reason, because they have the resources, but the people don't have them. So even like missionaries go to these countries to help for better or for worse. And yes, there's a lot of data saying y'all are screwing them up, doing that all the time. But we refuse to see these issues in our old backyard. Or when we do acknowledge them, we blame the residents, not the government, not the community around them. It's those people don't try enough. Those people haven't have, uh, choose to get into this drug li- lifestyle. Those people are ignorant. Those people chose to not graduate from high school. Those people choose to be on welfare. And if they really think that their location is holding them back, then they should just move to a better one. Moving's expensive. Yes, moving is incredibly expensive. Even if you don't have a lot, for to rent a new apartment, you need to have first month's rent, last month's rent, a security deposit equal to the amount of one month's rent, and pay all of that up front, not to mention the costs associated with closing out a previous place of living. If you're living in a place that is that poor, chances are you're not getting your security deposit back, even if you mm-hmm. left the place sparkling. And any moving companies that you might have to hire, even just loading yourself and getting a truck is hundreds of dollars. And also, like, the time you have to take off of work to do this, which, mm-hmm. if you are in these high poverty situations, those are hours you're not working, so those are hours you aren't getting paid. Yeah. And so while there are charitable organizations that try their best, our own fourth world areas need to be assisted on a societal level to see any real improvement. But we have to admit they exist first. We look at ourselves and go, first world, first world, first world. Then we look at, say, I don't know. any The entire state of Alabama. No, then we look at any country in Africa, even if they're not, and say, third world, third world, third world. And we admit that they exist. We won't admit that our own fourth worlds exist. Even here in Kansas, we boast having one of the best high schools in the country, but we don't acknowledge that it's the only well-funded school in its whole district. And while it has ample resources, the other schools have ceilings that are literally falling in. If we look at schooldigger.com, it's ranked fifth out of 325 Kansas high schools. The other schools in the same district are ranked 317th through 324th. Same district. But when we bring people in to show them how good our schools are, we say, look to your right, not to your left. 
because we don't want to admit that we are part of the problem. If we reallocated the funds appropriately, all the kids could get a good education. Maybe not this magical magnet school education, but a good one. I taught in this district briefly, and I had kids telling me if I don't test into that school next year, I'm going to drop out of school because there's no future for me. Sixth graders telling me this. You test in in seventh grade, you start in eighth grade. These kids know that they're going to be done with school by the end of seventh grade if they don't test into this one magic school. Because we don't want to admit that we have fourth world problems here. Anyway, I actually managed to stay relatively calm. You did. I'm very proud of you. So what should we call these countries with different levels of development? Well, the common terminology is developed and developing. You don't hear first, second, third world as much anymore. You still hear them sometimes, usually from boomers who are still in that terminology. Boomers and pundits and boomer pundits. Yes. Some people in the countries that are termed developing are okay with it. For instance, Deepa, Deepa Sina from the Center for Equity Studies in New Delhi's in New Delhi, uh, saying says that on any human development indicator, that location is worth worse off than others. Like I think she mentioned Bangladesh in specific, in particular. He he. Uh, therefore, it is developing. However, there are people who dislike developing versus developed as well. Shose Kese from the University of Cape Town says it still indicates a hierarchy, much like a numbered system. She says that, quote, it also perpetuates stereotypes about people who come from the so-called de so developing world as backward, lazy, ignorant, and irresponsible. And if you ask me, she makes a good point. Let's compare it to human development. Babies can't take care of themselves. In theory, adults can. Yeah. I say as Austin drops something that's simple to hold. Babies are developing. Adults are developed. We Mostly. Are, we are basically comparing them to babies and not in a good way. Not in a, oh, aren't you cute? It's an, ugh, you can't do anything. Oh, way. God, you're covered in poop again. Further, developing countries are in some ways more developed than we are. While they may not have the money and resources, this and as they name, Mead Over at the Center, Center for Global Development points out that people in most developing countries still view themselves as being on the same team and help each other out without questioning it. They donate money to do things like help pay funeral or medical expenses, expecting nothing in return, and they don't even have to ask. People are just like, oh, you're going to the doctor. Here's, here's a little bit of money that, to help you out when you're going to the doctor. In the West, you know, or the developed world, when someone can't afford what we would consider basic needs, we make them beg via GoFundMe or standing in a welfare line, and then we mock them for doing so. So while our economy may be more developed, their sense of community is significantly more developed than ours. I mean, yeah, it'd have to be. There is no sense of community in America unless you are coming together for the purpose of knocking someone else down. Yeah. Maasai tribesmen in Kenya said that their word for developing country translates to countries that are growing, which seems nicer, but even he admitted it was a little bit wordy. <laughs> There's also the option of basing things on geography, such as global north and global south, because most impoverished countries are in the global south and most wealthy countries are in the global north. And that makes it seem simple. But then Haiti is in the north and Australia is in the south. And it's not... That makes it not useful in an overarching way. Then there's the World Health Organization, which categorizes places based on data using low and lower middle income countries called LICS and MIX. Oh, no, no, you can't call a MIX. Nope, 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 nope. Well, and they use it, they base it on bank statistics using GDP. And there are, of course, also middle and high income countries. But the, who doesn't who doesn't tend to worry about those unless they've got a president who refuses to admit a pandemic exists? However, there are challenges here as well because not every country keeps accurate records. So some, I liked this one. Some also use the term majority world. 
which is new. And many experts on this whole subject hadn't even heard of it. And it actually flips the script with the majority referring to the less wealthy countries, reminding those in the so-called first world that we are actually the smallest by population. 80% of the world lives on less than $10 per day. By comparison, if someone here makes these national minimum wage of $7.25, they make $58 per day, which is not enough to live on in the United States. But if you were to make that much in much of the rest of the world, you're rich. So I want you to imagine, though, if we tried to get that implemented majority world versus minority world. Oh, no. America would not handle that well. It's like, wow. It's like almost as though they realize that, like, no, sometimes it's like, do we do we mistreat minorities here? Why would Americans not want to be known as a minority? I remember first hearing in middle school that, you know, pretty soon America is going to be overrun. Minorities are going to outnumber white people. And I remember thinking, even as 13 year old going, and? So? And also, do you not understand that, yes, there might be more people of color by actual numbers, but white people will still far outnumber any individual group? So basically, our current words put countries in boxes that are hard to escape from. And we are literally ranking them when we use first, second, third, and fourth. While the attention was originally based on who they sided with in the Cold War, it later came to be based on the success of the country as perceived by outsiders. Mainly the Western world and especially the U.S. The U.S. more than anybody else determines what where other countries are ranked. I mean, there is a reason that we are number one when it comes to international dialing codes. No one would deny that someone who got first in a race did best in that race. But unlike a race, there is not a way for you to improve and run another race when we're talking about first, second, third world countries. Developing and developed implies different levels of ability to some people rather than the levels of economic and educational opportunities. So your uh, running a race idea gave me a great dystopian novel. Um, your country's wealth and like, you know, aid is determined by the Olympics. Go. Literally running a race for your Ameri- for your, for the Americans. So it's, is it only based on races, like running, no. or is it based on overall? Overall performance in the Olympics. Well, America's still going to do pretty well then. Yeah. But parts of Africa are going to do a lot better. Yeah. Poor Australia. And every two years in the Winter Olympics, they're like, all right, we're fucked dead. Um, and then who and majority world terms are very industry specific. So most people don't even know about that. So it kind of comes down to there isn't a good way to group the hundreds of countries. Shockingly, there isn't a good way to do this. No. So why don't we just use by continent? And then we're talking about individual problems by individual country name. It's almost, well, that would require like, you know, a certain politician being able to learn country names and pronounce them on television. And not call them shitholes. I mean, I was having pie. It's like, clearly we know that's never going to happen. With current administrations. Yeah, so it boils down to developing and developed are better than first, second, third. Mm-hmm. But they still can be considered highly offensive. And while, I mean, I'm not one who's like, oh, we're too PC these days. There are certain things people are too sensitive about. I don't think this is one of them. I can understand why you wouldn't want to be called developing. So really the best option, and this was what most of the experts in the interviews I read said as well, just call them by the country you're talking about. Like this country has this these problems and here's how we will intervene. Yeah. So that is first, second, and third world. First world being our side in the Cold War. Second world being the USSR side in the Cold World. Third world being everyone else. Fourth world being tribal people. And then later on, third people living in third world conditions in fourth world countries. And we don't use these terms anymore. Okay. Wow. That was a lot. There was That was a lot. That explains your like research fugue you went into. Mm-hmm. 
It was interesting, though. It was. You ready for some questions? I'm ready for some questions. All right. Will this be on the test? We ask each other what whether or not a question would appear on a test on this subject, not what the answer is. Although, I think, and I, although maybe we should start asking what the answer is just to see how much we are paying attention. I don't think that would go over very well for either of us. What uh, would the difference between the third world model and the three worlds theory be on the test? Absolutely not, because we can't talk about Mao Zedong because he's a bloody communist. I actually never learned about him. Uh, we learned about him in the sense of the Cultural Revolution and the hundreds of thousands of people it killed. Never learned about him. Oh, man. He is a he's one of those history figures who like is very bad, but not all bad. I'm checking on one thing to see if maybe I learned about him in this way. Nope. Uh, nope, that was before him. Yeah. Will the fact that the worlds were initially created based on what side you were on in the Cold War be on the test? Yes, because my God, the Cold War was when America was at its best. Make America great again. You know, I wouldn't mind us being mad at Russia again. Yeah. Can we go back to being mad at Russia? Now, I don't have a problem with Russian people. I don't. But that's the way I feel about any given war. Yeah. It's like, just like, I, I don't I don't see a point in having a problem with people who lived in or live in that country or part of the world because they're not the ones doing this. All of these little bitch fights are between governments. Yeah. We should just let, let the leaders fight it out. Just bring out the ruler and handle it that way. Yeah. Like, no one needs to be killed unless you want to kill off the guy whose ruler shows the least amount. Make the make the uh, elected officials compete in the Olympics to determine who gets the money. <laughs> We'd lose so fast. Unless we had Ruth Bader Ginsburg standing in. The fact that first world countries have third world areas and vice versa be on the test. Oh, no, no, no. That will not be on the test. Uh, will the fact that no one can agree on what any of these terms mean, including those within the third world model or the more modern terms, be on the test? No, because we can't teach uncertainty in school. All right, and that is the first, second, and third world definitions. Gosh, that was neat. Mm-hmm. It's like so much. I did not know any of that stuff, and yeah. I didn't realize I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah, well, it's one of the, it's an assumed knowledge thing, yeah. which is a big problem, not just in schools, but in life. Like you go mm-hmm. into a new job and they start talking to you about something and you have to just smile and nod and pretend that you know what they're talking about. Oh my God. All of the stupid three letter acronyms that every employer uses. When I was a teacher, everything had an acronym. I knew what maybe, maybe 15% of them meant. And I just smiled and nodded for the rest of them because I figured as long as I was doing my job, it didn't matter what these acronyms meant. Yep. Until something came up repeatedly, in which case I would look it up because it was like, oh shit, this is probably some kind of disciplinary system that I have to implement. And by implement, I mean look at, scoff, and ignore. Because usually it was either extremely punitive, like extremely like a point system, you forgot your notebook, you lose a point, so now you can't get candy. That's bullshit. Or it was extremely loose in that you don't get in trouble like, oh, well, if they repeatedly call the kid in your classroom special ed the R word, you just tell them, no, I don't like that. And that's all you can do. No, I don't play that game either. I can't believe they'd call someone a Republican. <laughs> that actually was one hell of an insult when I was a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love kids. Uh-huh. So guess what I'm going to talk about this week? Republicans. Actually, kind of, yeah. The Jazz Age. Better. I'm going to talk about Mount St. Helens. All right. Because why? Just last week, we had the 40th anniversary of the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Okay. Now, if you're like me, you didn't really learn much about this. No. We learned about it briefly in like science class when they're talking about volcanology and volcanoes. (laughs) 
Sorry. I never learned the word volcanology in school for what it, I know what it means. Yep. It's like what Dr. Spock, what Mr. Spock was. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Spock was a pediatrician. Was he though? No. He was a spaceman. No, volcanology, the study of volcanoes. Yeah. We would see the before picture of Mount St. Helens and the after picture that was about 1,300 1, feet shorter. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's all we learned. So let me talk a bit about Mount St. Helens and the shocking similarities between Mount St. Hel- between 1980 and today. Before the eruption, uh, Mount St. Helens was Washington's fifth highest mountain. It is one of 160 active volcanoes in the Cascades. It was uh, 50 miles north of Portland and 96 miles south of Seattle. So this is not this is not in the middle of nowhere, but it's still like not in a very populated area. Do you think that's where the treasure of Forest Fen is? I mean, it could be. I learned about the treasure of Forest Fen this week, and now I have a new I now I have a new quarantine goal is to figure out where it is. But then the problem is you're going to have to go outside at some point to retrieve it. I'm going to make you do it. Oh, okay. My job is to solve the puzzle. You solve the puzzle, I go and find it? You're the muscle. I'm the puzzle, you're the muscle. Oh my god, we're assembling a heist team. We need the wheels. Someone to drive us. I mean, I just got a new car. My car can be the wheels. And we also need a wild card. I'll get a really funky bumper sticker for my car. Perfect. We got it. (laughs) So, it was named after Lord St. Helens, a friend of George Vancouver, the explorer who surveyed the area in the 1800s. And then we forgot about him and certainly named nothing after him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you heard of any place called George? I mean, and Vancouver? What a silly word. Vancouver? I mean, it's like what? Van Halen, but lamer? No way. <laughs> Van Lamer. Van Lamer. So the uh, Col- the Colitz people called it La Wetlatla and the Klickitat called it Luit or Luada Klo. So those are the indigenous people's names for it. It's a type of volcano known as a stratovolcano. Uh, sorry, did you see that during this quarantine, people have gone up to the Haskell Indian Nations University and vandalized shit? Yeah, it's fucking bullshit, Lawrence. You know, you know it was some drunk KU students who were mad about basketball being canceled for Mount March Madness. So they went and burned down something on... It was a teepee, I think. Yeah, on Haskell. Sorry, you were just using a lot of Native American terms and it popped back yeah. to me, which it should have with mine because I was... Yeah. But, ugh, come on, people, be better. Yeah. So it's a type of volcano known as a stratovolcano or a composite volcano. It's the most common type, and it is also prone to catastrophic explosive eruption. Other famous stratovolcanoes include Krakatoa and Vesuvius. Mm-hmm. So pretty big, pretty explosive, pretty kaboomy, scientific terms, kaboomy. Uh, so Mount St. Helens has very long dormant periods lasting hundreds of years. The most recent eruption and active period before this one was in the 1800s, and it was the first one we've actually observed. There was dozens of small dozens of small eruptions, and the first observed ones in both written and oral accounts. It spread ash from these eruptions as far away as Montana. How far is that? Hundreds of miles. Okay. So now what you're waiting for, a halting oral description of, an, of a large explosion. Okay. So on March 20th, 1980, uh, there was a 4.2 magnitude earthquake on Mount St. Helens. This is, it's enough that you would feel it, but not enough to cause any real damage. And it was, it was enough to get some geologists' attention, so they started paying attention. 
they also detected thousands of smaller earth earthquakes over the next week. Uh, fresh craters opened, and ash columns and smoke started appearing above the mountain, going thousands of feet into the air. Uh, within a month, the geologists had started detecting sounds and vibrations that signaled magma was moving underneath the surface. So they started to worry at this point because they thought, okay, we could have a large explosive eruption. This volcano has erupted before. We need to evacuate the area around it. The governor... But that's impugning on their rights, Austin. Their rights! Just wait. I'm getting there. The governor, in early May, issued an emergency order creating a red zone around the mountain, including the popular tourist destination, Spirit Lake. Mm -hmm. There was some familiar-sounding feedback to this closure. Lots of people worried about the economic impact, not just on tourism, but on logging in the area, because there was lots of logging going on. Some people thought it was too cautious and nothing was going to happen anyway, or thought the area was too large and it's never going to be that big. Did they bring in the CEOs of Waffle House to help them make these decisions? Oh, no. Because that's always the best indicator. If Waffle House closes, you know things are bad. You need to bring in the CEO of, was it MyPillow? I don't know. Oh, it was... I'm making fun of the president again. I have no idea. Uh, And of course, lots of people saying, you can't tell me what to do, my freedoms, etc. One 83-year-old man, Harry R. Truman, not the president... I actually had a teacher who, I think, or is something else, thought that Harry Truman from Mount St. Helens was the Harry Truman that was President Harry Truman and he died there. No, this was just a, this was just a guy who lived there. Uh-huh. He's 83 years old, and he became a folk hero of sorts for refusing to evacuate. Okay. Here are some quotes from Harry Truman. I don't have any idea, the idea whether it will blow, but I don't believe it to the point that I'm going to pack up. If the mountain goes, I'm going with it. This area is heavily timbered. Spirit Lake is between me and the mountain, and the mountain is near a mile away. The mountain ain't gonna hurt me. She's just shaking her head in disbelief. Uh, and the mountain has shot its wad, and it hasn't hurt my place a bit. But those goddamn geologists, with their hair down to their butts, won't pay no attention to old Truman. See, and my guess is by this point, the animals near Mount St. Helens are, like, running the fuck away. No. No? I mean, so obviously there's some weird animal behavior, but like the, there was no mass migration away from the mountain. Like I'll tell you, like if there was ever a mass migration away from something, I'd be like, I'm gonna follow them. Not only did his refusal to leave being like roughly a mile and a half away from the mountain anger the authorities, that made him even matter because the press kept like going through barricades and sneaking up to interview Harry R. Truman. Now it's Harry Truman, the president, still is he alive during this? He's still alive. I think he's still... I don't know, actually. When was Truman president? Right at the end of World War II. So, like, 45. And when was this? 80. He probably wasn't alive. I I don't know for sure. I don't remember when Truman died. I mean, sure, he's from Independence, Missouri, and we've been to his museum, but... I've never been to the museum. We went together when we were at your brother's wedding. No, we didn't. It was closed. Oh, yeah, that's right. We just kind of drove by it and played Pokemon Go. No, like, we went to the uh, Swedish store. Yep. We did not go to a museum. Yeah. So uh, people wrote Harry Truman encouraging letters. Kids wrote songs and poems about him. Also, isn't he from Independence, Kansas? No, you're thinking of Eisenhower. Oh, okay. Yeah, kids wrote songs and poems about him. A school in Portland sent him a banner that said, We love you, Harry. So uh, the, vo- the the volcano became quiet in late April, and state officials officials again argued about whether to reopen the area around it or not because they thought, oh, it stopped rumbling, it's fine. That's like I under 
understand some of these concerns. Like, I actually genuinely understand worrying about your economic status, worrying about what's going to do business. I understand the government being like, okay, it kind of stopped. Like, I get this. The rumble stopped. But But when the scientists are telling you something. But then a bulge started to appear on the side of the mountain that grew about five feet a day. So kind of like this blister on my arm. Kind of like that blister on your arm. Stop showing it to me. It's really distracting because it's gross. Ew. This is what marriage is. Uh, By the morning of May 18th, the bulge was about a mile across. I'd be getting the hell out of there. Yeah. Uh, At 8.32 a.m., two geologists, the husband and wife team, Keith and Dorothy Stoffel, were in a private plane and observed a 5.1 scale earthquake from this airplane. They reported that the north face appeared to transform into a fluid and shake and ripple and pulsate and churn. Is the movie Tremors based on this? No. The movie Dante's Peak is based on this. Okay. Uh, Within 15 seconds, the whole north face collapsed in one of the largest avalanches in history. Uh, Moments later, the entire side of the mountain exploded. Awesome. Uh, By the way, the Stoffels did manage to get out. They were in an airplane, and they were far enough away that they turned and flew. But it was close because the ash was catching up with them. They had to go to Portland. Yeah. Uh, The explosion had more force than all of the ordnance used in World War II, including the atomic bombs. Wow. The uh, superheated volcanic matter shot out at about 300 miles per hour at temperatures around 660 degrees. Uh, The pyrocrastic flow traveled 17 miles in three minutes. Plastic, as, as far as 13 miles away, melted, indicating the temperatures even that far away were around 500 degrees. Jesus. Uh, 230 square miles of forest land were destroyed. Uh, Trees were knocked down by the blast wave as far as 13 miles away. Within six miles, they were completely disintegrated. And how far away was Harry Harry R. Truman from this? We're going to get to it. Because Harry S. Truman was the president. Yeah, Harry S. Truman. This is Harry R. Truman. Yeah. Uh, The lateral blast coming out of the side, coming out the side and not the top, was a complete surprise to the geologists. They thought it was going to be a classical just pop exploding out of the volcano. Mm-hmm. They were not expecting the side to explode. It was stunned them and it was larger than all but the most severe of their predictions. It shot out 1.4 billion cubic yards of ash and it shot it as high as 80,000 feet in the air. So which sphere are we in there? Troposphere. That's like almost out of Earth. Yeah. Dr. David Johnston was 5.5 miles away in an observation station and managed to report Vancouver, Vancouver, this is it, before being engulfed and killed seconds after the eruption. Two miles further away, Jerry Martin saw the other station destroyed, and his last words were, it's going to get me too, as reported by radio. That is the, like... I can't imagine very many things scarier than knowing that this is go- you're going to die, this is going to hurt, and there's no way to stop Fortunately, it. Fortunately, lots of the de- deaths with this were largely painless just because you were you died of heat shock before you could feel anything. Like especially hearing the other guy first, and then mm-hmm. being like, and then seeing it coming for you, and you're like, "There's nothing I can do. I yeah. can't run from this." Yeah, and so just it was rough. Uh, falling ash clogged waterways and sewers, damaged electronics all over Washington and Oregon. 200 homes were destroyed or damaged. 27 bridges were damaged or destroyed. 185 miles of road was gone. And Spirit Lake was filled almost completely with debris. Those poor fishies. 
57 people died from this eruption. There were scientists, journalists, emergency workers, and some people that were in an area that was deemed safe, even though scientists warned it wasn't, Mm-hmm. because logging companies pushed for it to be open so they could continue work. Kind of like how we moved open movie theaters this week. Yeah. Um, if the eruption had been at a different time, it could have potentially killed thousands of lumber workers in the area. Because it was middle of the night? It was early in the morning mm. on Sunday. Okay. And even then, they're working around the clock. If it had been an hour later, there would have been thousands of people. Yeah. This was, it is incredibly lucky that only 57 people died in this. Yeah. Most of the casualties were from asphyxiation, from people choking on volcanic ash and volcanic gases, which is like sodium hexafluoride and stuff that's heavy and not oxygen. So you just breathe it in and there's just no oxygen for you to breathe. So you just kind of shut down and fall asleep. Uh, Harry Truman was probably vaporized. (laughs) We don't know for sure. His house was under hundreds of feet of ash. Well, the site where his house was, was under hundreds of feet of ash. It was completely destroyed. That bums me out. Harry Truman sounds like the kind of guy who would have had a dog. Yeah. It's also unknown if 57 people is the actual number. Of course. Um, according to the Sakima County Sheriff, uh, people bypassed the barriers regularly and maps were actually put out showing how to avoid them. People thought the danger had passed and wanted to get back to their lives. Sound familiar? Yeah. Sounds very familiar. I was not anticipating this when I was going to talk about a fucking volcano. So guys, next time somebody says my freedoms, just hand, just make them listen to this episode about Mount St. Helen. Yeah. Um, some people miraculously did survive. Some fishermen dove into a river and managed to escape the worst of it. Wow. And a family of hikers was through pure happenstance shielded from it by a mountain and didn't die, even though they were well within the range. So they just got incredibly lucky yeah this was the deadliest and most damaging volcanic eruption in the history of the united states caused billions of dollars in damage and 57 people at least died i bet it was way more than 57 like i wonder how many people were marked missing around then yeah probably okay also great time to like start your life over yeah just go missing Ooh, it's like oh. see that won't happen as easily with coronavirus no you can't fake your death as easily with this because you can't I mean, be buried with like you can't be you can't ash. be vaporized underneath hundreds of feet of ash yeah i mean unless you unless we've been doing coronavirus wrong yeah we've been doing coronavirus wrong yeah, let us know so let's talk about some of the aftermath uh now there are sensors all over mount st helens because in the past its active periods have lasted 20 to 40 years and have sometimes the original eruptions were much smaller than subsequent re- eruptions. Uh, there have been some more activity in the 2000s. Uh, like there were sm- several small eruptions, nothing that was big enough to be damaging or cause like major wide-scale evacuations. Hey, we don't know what June's disaster is going to be yep. yet. And But volcan- volcanologists think that a lot of the stuff they're observing and the earthquakes is just the what happens when the magma chamber underneath the vol- volcano starts to refill so we don't know what's going on because so the they think the magma chamber is just refilling right now again we don't know what june's disaster is going to be however this is mount st helens is not the volcano they're worried about though Mm -hmm. you know what the one they're worried about is is it the one that's going to cause the massive earthquake in the middle of kansas no this is mount rainier in uh basically right outside of seattle it is showing some activities in the last few years and even a minor eruption there could be catastrophic just based on how much of the economy is in Seattle now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even a, not just in terms of loss of life, but in stuff shutting down, stuff being destroyed or damaged. An eruption of I Mount mean, Rainier. Starbucks is 
headquartered in Seattle. I mean, you think coffee is expensive now? Imagine when Starbucks goes down. Star Co- Seattle is like the city of coffee. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and speaking of after rat bath, for some fucking reason, Harry Truman was made a hero by this. There were parks named after him. There's a big memorial plaque just for him. There's a restaurant in Anchorage, Alaska named after him. See, this makes me think of uh, The Good Place where they have the mechanical versions of the, like, first people to do these things in hell. Yeah. And uh, they also sold post, like, his, he had a style of hat he wore and postcards with his picture that they sold at, like, touristy places all around the area and made a ton of money off of people who loved Harry Truman. Jesus. Oh, as I mentioned earlier, the movie Dante's Peak was based on this. And if you remember the old lady. I've never seen it. You've watched it with me. I've never seen it. There's an old lady who goes back up to her cabin in the woods and says, this is never going to happen. And then her two grandkids and her her, I think, daughter-in-law and Pierce Brosnan all go up to rescue her. And she dies in a lake full of acid. Do lake fulls of acid tend to come out of volcanoes? They do not. Volcanoes have changed the pH of water mildly enough that it's killed off fish and some wildlife. Yeah. But not enough to melt a boat and a grandma. Yeah, you gotta have a lot more acid to melt your grandma. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of acid. You know what works a lot better? Volcanoes. Sardine oil. Sardine oil. Get rid of grandma like that. But you have to have a tiger. And who has $4,000? Tigers are $800. They're $800? Yeah. Oh my god. So, um, I guess people getting your uh, Trump stimulus checks, buy a tiger. Yeah. We've talk- Great we advice. Talked about- we talked about this with our last stimulus checks. We did. Checks. Oh, man. If we get more stimulus checks, how many tigers should we buy? Well, we could afford three, I think, if they remain the same amount. Nice. Let's get three tigers. No, two. Two. Okay, we'll get two tigers, and we'll raise them, and then we'll compete to see who has the fancier tiger. Or we can pay down some credit card debt. Fancier tiger competition. So whose tiger wears the monocle the best? Yes. Okay. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have a nice lady, and she's going to learn how to curtsy. Okay, perfect. Yep. So, are you ready for some questions? Are they about tigers? No. Then I don't want to hear them. Okay, cool then. Will Harry Truman be on the test? Yes. Will the fact that we, um, scientists were ignored because of pressure from business be on the test? I think it will be on the test, but we will not make any broader comments on it. And will the fact that we don't actually know how many people died because people ignored the experts and did just whatever the fuck they wanted to anyway be on the test? Yeah, because that's, war- that's a good warning. Yeah. Seriously, like, oh, listen to scientists. That's a good follow the rules. Follow the rules. Listen to scientists. Mm-hmm. It's like, just because you're, just because that one guy from high school on Facebook totally knows a guy and watched that conspiracy video doesn't mean he's right. In fact, evidence would say that he's not right. He's an idiot. He went to high school with you. <laughs> yeah, the ability to live through high school does not make you an expert in anything. Yeah. I mean, it makes you, an, it makes you an expert in hiding shit from your parents. I didn't have to hide a whole lot. Yeah. Like, I I was a weirdly good kid. I was kind of bitchy. Who isn't? Like, all all teenagers can be kind of bitchy, and I was that. But I didn't do much to get me in trouble. Yeah. So what did you learn this week? I learned that there was another and arguably more important Harry Truman out there. Yep. And this one died in a fucking volcano. I'm like, come on, man. Him and Pliny the Elder. Him and Pliny the... Dude! I didn't even make that connection! Mm -hmm. Was Harry R. Truman... Just our generation's okay, Plenty the Elder? in though, wasn't Plenty the Elder there to, like, study and try to get people out? Partially. I think it was like, what the fuck is that? Let's get get me closer. And he did help get some people out. Yeah, it's like, he was genuinely interested and believed that what he was seeing was real. 
As I mean, opposed to Harry Truman, who was like, ain't a thing. Nothing's happening. It's like, I'm going to be fine. My house. Oh, I forgot. That I didn't even mention this because it was just so ridiculous. His family thought that he might have survived because he had talked about how he had moved a bunch of whiskey and water and some canned food to a nearby abandoned mine shaft. And he was just going to run off there and wait it out if the volcano did erupt. Because you've got time for things like that. He had seconds. Yeah. He did not have time. So it's like, unless he was currently in that restocking his whiskey. Yeah. And even then, that's going to fill with ash. Yeah. I mean, he was not going to be able to breathe because of all those volcanic gases. But that's not how this works. Nope. She's erupted on me before. Yeah. He's blown his wad. He's He's blown blown his his wad. wad. This volcano has ejaculated ash all the way into Montana. That is the grossest phrase Ever. Ugh. Uh, what's something you learned? I learned that we don't exactly know what first, second, or third world means, and we probably shouldn't use it, but we also probably shouldn't also be using developed and developing either. So we should just refer to countries by their names. Yeah, just like we should refer to people by their names. What? I know. Um. And I'm really bad with names. <laughs> you are. I'm exceedingly bad with names, but at least I admit it. And I won't, I don't like generalize people by the group that they might fit in it's like looking at austin with his glasses glasses wear- glasses wears whatever mullet have her yeah that's true <laughs> oh boy where can people find us i think they can find us on the internet mostly yeah um at home right now obviously too but you don't know where that is don't be creepy yeah don't be creepy i feel like you triangulated us pretty well over the last few weeks i've been cutting that out <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like someone, if someone's really smart, they could just listen to when the trains are going by and use that. Don't do that. That's like a super dedicated stalker. I'm actually a little impressed. I would be very impressed. Oh boy. Yeah. If you, I guess if you figure it that way. Yeah. But anyway, on the internet where you can safely find us in a not creepy way is on Twitter at on the test pod on Instagram on uh, at on the test pod on face at facebook.com slash on the test pod and our own website on the test yeah, and I spent some time updating that website last week, so I've got all of our listening locations that I am aware of on there now, so if you know somebody who's like, oh, I'd listen, but I don't have iTunes, send them to our website and they can see all the different places from which they can listen to us. Basically, if it's a popular listening app, they can listen to us. If it's a less popular one, they can still probably listen to us. Yeah. And they can just, or, you know, just send us $50 in an envelope after you've triangulated our location. And we'll just burn them all onto a CD and send them to you. We won't actually do that. We'll just keep your money. Who has a CD player? So many people. Who has a CD burner? We do. No, we don't. I'm looking at it right now. You're looking at an empty bag of M&Ms that you didn't fucking share, by the way. Nope. I do the grocery shopping. I ate the M&Ms. That's how this works. You also ate my tagalongs. I had my own box that I bought from the Girl Scouts. Mm -mm. I did. Mm -mm. (laughs) She's shaking her head. He would gladly steal my tagalongs. And I'd get, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that cat Draco. That doesn't even make sense. Those meddling kittens. That doesn't even make sense. And on that note, class class dismissed. dismissed.